Hi, hello, how are you, sunshine? Welcome to the Waves of Joy podcast. My name is Shauna Diddle. I am a small town girl from upstate New York. I'm a diagnostic medical sonographer, a certified personal trainer, digestive health specialist, six-figure entrepreneur, future functional medicine doctor, and conscious joy spreader. I am obsessed with helping you navigate the undercurrents of life. The time we spend together will teach you how to live simply, leave the mundane, travel the world, demystify happiness, and radiate joy. So get ready to massively up-level your life starting today. If you set your alarm earlier than necessary, just to allow enough wiggle room to snooze a few times, you may be interrupting the most important step in your sleep cycle. Division of Sleep Medicine at Harvard Medical School. Today, I want to talk about something that I just don't get, and that is hitting the snooze button. I don't get it. I think there has been a total of three times in my entire life that I've hit snooze, and I'm sure I was really sick, and I thought I should just get up at 5 a.m. and go to the gym or something. Now, I get it. I'm a morning person. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're a night owl. But sleep hygiene, like anything in your life, requires work. And it requires a consistent effort and sometimes lifestyle changes. So I'm not here to tell you that what you're doing is wrong. I'm just here to throw out some research-based kind of evidence-based medicine facts about hitting the snooze button. There's also plenty to, if you Google snoozing, that's just like there's no negative effects, right? So you always find what you're looking for. Today, I really wanted to talk about it because I was like, I just don't get it. So what's the definition of snoozing? It's defined as waking up to an alarm after an initial alarm has already generated some degree of alertness, which allowed us to differentiate between a single alarm and multiple alarms, okay? So you set your alarm for 6 a.m., it goes off, you push snooze. Okay, hmm. I listened to Mel Robbins the other day when she talked about snoozing, and she's like, you have five seconds to decide. Five seconds to decide your entire day. And I was like, this is powerful. Okay, so we're going to get to that. But right now, I want you to think about it. When's the last time you hit the snooze button? Are you an avid snoozer? I happen to be dating somebody who is a professional snoozer, and I just don't get it. I'm like, why don't you set your alarm later if you want to get up later? And his answer is always, well, like my intentions are to get up earlier, but like I can't, like I just can't. So something that I know from my studies is and my podcast listening and all the things is that a sleep cycle is 90 minutes. So a little hack that I have, not even a hack, just what I do before I go to bed. If I'm teaching ultrasound at night and I know I'm not going to get to bed till 10, 30, 11, I literally count out my sleep cycles. Why is this important? Because if a sleep cycle is approximately 90 minutes, if you get up in the middle of a sleep cycle you're going to feel way worse than if you would have gotten up at the time that a sleep cycle ended. So what does that mean? So, okay, I get home from working sometimes at 10 o'clock, so I don't get into bed till 1030. So say I'm assuming I'm sleeping by 1030. That means midnight is one sleep cycle, right? 90 minutes. 130 is a second sleep cycle. 3 a.m. is a third sleep cycle. 430 is a fourth sleep cycle. Okay, and then 6 a.m. is a fifth sleep cycle. So if I go to bed at 10.30 and I get up at 6 a.m., I'm going to feel like my best self. Why do I say that? Because the the optimal number of sleep cycles are between four and six. Obviously, five and six is better. Six is even, you know, the best. But some people feel worse when they get more sleep. Happens to me all the time. I ran so many years on minimal amount of sleep. It took a long time for me to get used to sleeping more. 
And so if I do that math, I'm like, okay, so if I set my alarm for 6 a.m., it's at the end of a sleep cycle. Now, can we, you know, accurately know exactly what time we're going to fall into sleep? No, but I have to tell you guys, if I close my eyes, it's less than three minutes that I'm sleeping. Why? Because my sleep hygiene is down to a T. My blue blockers are on. My phone has been away for over an hour. I've read something that's not making me think. I've maybe decompressed with my pulsetto, which is this new device that I wear around my neck and I meditate with it in the morning and or at night, depending on how the day is going. It relieves burnout, sleep, anxiety. This is not a promotion. This is me suffering in the past with migraines. And in the past, I mean like most of my life up until like six weeks ago. When I got Botox, and I've talked a lot about that for my migraines, and I haven't had one since, but I had a headache yesterday. And so I put the pulsetto on at nighttime, and I was like, why didn't I do this so sooner in the day? It stimulates your vagus nerve, and your vagus nerve is your super highway. It's your gut-brain axis. Like it's talking, it's talking, your gut and brain are talking to each other, right? And it stimulates that. It's kind of like when you're in yoga and you go, um, it's that vibration, right? So you can click like sleep, burnout, anxiety, whatever it is. And the device itself was like $250. And then it has just a basic app you can use, or you can pay like 10 bucks a month for a premium app, which is just more, um, more meditations pretty much. So where was I going with this? That's greatly improved my sleep and my headache so far. So far, 10 out of 10 of this product that I purchased. I'm willing to do anything to not have another migraine. So my sleep hygiene is amazing. So when I started teaching at night, I go to bed typically. I'm in bed by 8.30 typically. So when I started teaching, I was like, this is going to wreck my sleep. But it didn't because I just mapped out my sleep cycles accordingly. Okay, 90 minutes. Try it. I'm not saying it's going to work for you, but I'm saying maybe you'll wake up less groggy. Okay, so what happens when we snooze, we're disrupting the REM sleep or the dream sleep, which is the restorative sleep state. So not only is that five to 10 minute snooze time not long enough to return to restorative sleep, you like you can't get back into that deep sleep in that amount of time. But this disruption, it triggers a response that actually increases your blood pressure and your heartbeat. That to me sounds like anxiety and stress before you've even gotten out of bed. And then the chances are pretty good that you've reached over and grabbed your phone and you're scrolling. And I'm here to tell you, what the hell are you doing? Do not touch your phone. It is usually two hours after I wake that I touch my phone. If anything, it's the end of the workout selfie that you guys see me on uh, social media in the morning. That's it. I've been up since 5 a.m. It's now 7. I'm taking my selfie. That's it. Now, I had to get myself out of the habit of being on social media while I was at the gym. Like just in between sets, I'd open. I'm like, what am I doing? Like I'm losing focus. So maybe your habit is waking up and scrolling and maybe, or maybe it's just like, check the weather, check my email. Don't do that. What you're doing is you're telling the world and yourself that everybody else is more important than you. And that is just not true. So what happens when we wake up is our cortisol levels are rising Okay, and our melatonin levels are falling. Naturally, this should be happening. We can disrupt this by hitting the snooze button, by running to the coffee pot. We're all guilty of doing this in some way, right? Maybe you've been up all night with your little one. Okay, it's hard. It's really, really hard. It's a different stage of life. But I'm just offering you a few things that have worked for me because I was so guilty. My coffee was brewing before I woke up. Now I wait at least 60 to 90 minutes till after I wake up to let my my body naturally wake itself up. My cortisol levels rise. My cortisol levels, my waking cortisol levels used to be 19. That is so high, off the charts high. 
Why did I wake up like that? I never allowed my body to rest. I never got into that parasympathetic state. So I was constantly stressed out. What happened there? I got so sick, you guys. So sick. And I don't want this for you. So I'm trying to help you improve your sleep hygiene. So for me, on those days that I teach, a couple nights a week, I do go to bed later. Other than that, I go to bed at 8.30. So if Shauna, if I'm like sleeping by 8.30. So what does that mean? Okay, one sleep cycle would be 10. The second one would be 11.30. Then 1 a.m. Then 2.30. Then 4. Then 5.30. That's six sleep cycles if I get up at 5.30. Now... If I go to bed for nine, I get up at 5 a.m. If I go to bed at 8.30, I get up at 5.30. Like I just do the math. And it sounds silly, but see if it works for you. It's something that I implemented probably a year ago. And then you have that 54321 method. And this was Mel Robbins, all Mel Robbins. And I love this so much. It's like, okay, shut your alarm off, then lay there. And you need to say five, four, three, two, one. Get your ass out of bed. Get out of bed because what you're telling your body is nothing's really important. I have no purpose. I have no why. I'm just going to lay here. We all like our beds. We all like sleep, but you're sleeping your life away. I prioritize eight hours a night if I can. Sometimes it's six. But drifting in and out of sleep for those extra few minutes could have a real negative effect on our health. Not only are we telling our minds and our bodies that really, no, it's fine. Like, you know, we have nowhere to be. Nothing's really important. But going in and out of this alertness and not actually getting back into deep restorative sleep is doing nothing for us, but stressing us out. So if we don't want to start with a stressed out mind, we have to change how we begin the day. And we add stress to our morning in in a fight with our alarms, where we eventually concede defeat, right? We're defeated every morning by the alarm. Do you eventually get out of bed? I think so. I hope so. And you know what I say to myself? Some people didn't wake up today. Today's going to be a great freaking day. So it's a habit. And I don't like to label habits good or bad. I just like to look at them and see what the pros and cons are. And to me, I don't see the pros of snoozing. And my argument always is, why don't you set your alarm for the time you actually want to get up? It's still really tempting to do it. I get it. So one of the first things to look at as we work out how to avoid hitting the snooze button is whether we're getting enough sleep. 30% of us are having difficulty sleeping. So maybe we're in bed for a long period of time, but we're not getting this restorative good rest. We're not recovering. So I just started wearing my whoop again. And it's like an aura ring or an Apple watch or a Garmin, I guess, if you haven't heard of it. I got it a couple of years ago. And then if I get obsessed over something, like if I'm constantly checking my metrics, I take it off my arm. I get rid of it. I don't like that. What I like about the Whoop is it doesn't have a screen. I don't want a screen. I If I wear a nice fancy watch because I'm going out, cool. I love that. But the obsession over like the fact of my text messages coming to my arm, that drove me freaking bonkers. So when I was about to reactivate my Apple Watch, I was just going to do it and make it so my text messages didn't go to my my Apple Watch. And then I decided I would just reactivate my Whoop because I felt like it had better metrics. Uh, heart rate variability, sleep, recovery, strain, all the things. Just started wearing it again. So check to see how you're recovering. If I see I have a 20% recovery, I'm probably not going to go balls to the wall on leg day at the gym, right? Today I had an 80% recovery. I had a killer leg day at the gym. I'm like, standing here talking to you guys like, please don't fall over. Please don't fall over. (laughs) So like, it's just, it's metrics. And to be honest, they're not very accurate. None of them are. 
but they're accurate for you. They give you a baseline. It's just a little bit of guidance to see how you're doing and how you're feeling. And maybe it's just some reassurance like, shit, I didn't recover well. No wonder I'm dragging today. Be conscious. Don't grab for those extra carbs. Don't grab for those three donuts. Remember, you're stronger than your mind. Okay, you have to believe, walk away from the kitchen. You have to believe that your choices are a direct reflection of how you feel about yourself. So how can we make quality sleep a priority? We have to. I ran on three hours and white monsters for most of my 20s, and I paid for it real freaking bad. So what do we know about bedtime? Bedtime is like your time in the shower where everything that you could possibly think of creeps up on you. Your thoughts what you don't have control over, your job, people, shoot that message you didn't get back to, shoot that email you forgot to send, all the things. So there's a couple things you can do. I read something before bed, always. It helps me make me so sleepy. And I tried for a while reading like my anatomy book or something, and then I would like dream about it. And that kind of helped me because it was like pictures. I wasn't really studying, studying, but I was just like, it was the last thing I saw before bed, which is what gets implemented into your brain. But I read more a lot about like kind of mindset, life things, just like easy reading, okay? Just a few pages. I barely get into bed and can read three pages because I get so tired right away. I don't think about anything when I get into bed. But when I used to be unable to calm my mind down, I would have a, a notebook by my bed where if I thought of something, I could just turn over and write it down. Once it's out of my brain and on paper, I'm not gonna forget it. I'll do that the next day. So maybe that would help you out. Also, keeping your phone away from your bed is really helpful. Mine is away on my dresser, so I have to get out of bed to shut it off. And I think that's super helpful. Also, the, the um, whatchamacallit, EMFs, is that what they're called? Electromagnetic frequency, yeah, uh, from the phones and stuff are really, really bad for you. So just get an old-fashioned alarm and keep your phone out of the bedroom if you can. Um, we don't need to start our day stressed out. We are choosing to based on what society has told us is normal. Sleep with your phone under your pillow. Try, you know, scroll social media to the very, like, no, don't do any of that. Okay. So if you're having, if you're like, I'm in bed, Shauna, but I'm just not feeling rested when I wake up. The other thing that might be going on is your hormones could be off. If you're a woman and you're going through perimenopause or menopause, girl, I hear you. I hear you. I feel you. Okay. Maybe you have a newborn baby. Your hormones are all over the place, and especially as a woman. Okay, so having those balanced, having a full panel to look at everything, there's nothing wrong with you. Your body's just trying to talk to you. So I'm just offering you a chance to listen. Listen. There's another fact that I found interesting. People who hit the snooze button have habitually higher resting heart rates, which is associated with heart disease. Okay, cardiovascular disease. And... There's also something called sleep debt, which I've talked about. And this is the idea that you can catch up with your sleep through naps. Now, I've never been a big napper, but if I am tired, I I actually do try to nap now. And I think anything under 30 minutes really benefits me personally. Everybody's a little bit different. I know Cam could sleep like a full sleep cycle and he feels great. Um, But for me, that's not the same thing. So five things that happen when you hit the snooze button. Number one, you feel drowsier. I think this is important. Waking up abruptly leads to this grogginess and it's called sleep inertia. So if you doze off every time you hit the snooze button, that means your alarm wakes you up abruptly a few times every morning. You guys, one time is enough. I hate that stupid alarm. I actually have a really good song. It's like, hello, good morning, buenos dias. Like it's very like cute in the morning, right? I still don't like to hear it more than once because I'm like, it's time to get up. Let's start the day. Some people didn't wake up today. So hitting the snooze button can actually make the sleep inertia 
worse. And this is based on like a clinical psychologist studying people. These people specialize in sleep. It actually leaves you dragging throughout the entire day. This sleep inertia is a state your brain gets trapped in for up to four hours. That is your whole morning. I told Cam this and he was like, no wonder I can't function until like noon. It's true. It's true. And if you live someplace where it's cold, getting out of bed sucks even more. Okay? Okay. I'm from upstate New York. I get that. I get it. But hitting the alarm to snooze and catch a few extra Z's isn't going to make it any easier. Trust me. You're messing up your circadian rhythm, your sleep-wake cycles. It throws off your whole day. Think about that. Second reason, second thing that happens when you hit the snooze button, you miss out on deep sleep. So this fragmented sleep you get in between pressing the snooze button doesn't count towards your total hours. You're not actually getting any more rested. Your body doesn't have time to go back into that sleep state, that restorative deep sleep. So instead of hitting the alarm or the snooze button three, four, five times, set an alarm for 15 minutes later or recharge with that 15 day, 15 minute nap midday. Think about that. You know, I used to sleep during my lunch break. I had like a 45 minute lunch break. I'd take a walk and then I'd sleep in my ultrasound room because I was so tired. Number three, your productivity plummets. There are studies all over the world about hitting the snooze button, okay? It truly affects your cognitive functions throughout the day. So rather than feeling more rested, you may have trouble concentrating, making decisions. They say don't make any big decisions after 2 p.m. Well, if you don't start thinking until noon, you only got two hours (laughs) to make any decisions in your life. And for me, that feels like a waste. Now, I'm not saying you got to be like me and get up at 4.35 in the morning. Like, you don't. I also wasn't born this way. I have conditioned myself to love this the time when nobody else is awake. You guys, it's gold. It's gold. Number four, your sleep cycle gets thrown out of whack. So people snooze repeatedly. It just wrecks havoc on your sleep patterns. Because like I said, that alarm is trauma to your brain. It jolts you awake in the middle of a sleep cycle. So you feel groggy over and over and over again. But again, you don't have time to get another full sleep cycle and you're not getting another another 90 minutes. If you hit snooze and your snooze button is for 90 more minutes, what the hell are you doing? Do you have a job? <laughs> are you setting it for 3 a.m.? I'm very concerned. We should talk. So that extra five minutes, it doesn't do anything for you. It negatively impacts your mood, your attention span, your cognitive function, your focus. Think about that. It's important to have sleep hygiene like everything else. Your sleep-wake cycle is, it's, it's something you have to train and stay disciplined to. Plan the day, you know? That's why you shouldn't be on your, like, I think it's after 10 o'clock, your hormones, you know, your body needs to clean at night. It's like, it's like the cleaning people who go in through the schools at night or, um, stock the shelves in the grocery store. It's it's a time to reset and recharge. And if you take away from that, you can't possibly wake up and expect to be your best self. I tried it. It doesn't work. I made dumb mistakes. I did dumb things. I forgot things. My memory really, really, really took a took a turn for the worse when I was sleep deprived. And number five, what I just said, your memory will lag. If you set an alarm earlier than necessary just to allow the wiggle room to snooze a few times, you may be interrupting the most important step in the sleep cycle. So set your alarm for when you need to get up. 
Put your alarm clock out of arm's reach. Physically get out of bed to shut it off. It works really freaking well. Or if you have a dog that just needs to pee, keep the dog in the bedroom to wake you up. Like, Remy's annoying when I wake up. We now have a great routine. I get up so much earlier than everybody else. He doesn't get out of bed, but he knows when I'm done meditating, I will open the door quietly and he gets to sneak out and take a morning walk with me before dad and Luna wake up. That's our routine. I've trained him. So those are just five reasons, maybe just a few things to think about why you might be feeling groggy or why you're not feeling rested. Get your hormones checked. Have healthier sleep habits. Stop snoozing, okay? We take hygiene, you know, like you don't skip showers on a day that you go to the gym, I hope. So why are you skipping what's going to make you feel good and reset and recharge you to have the best possible day the next day? The other thing is check the temperature in your bedroom. Make sure it's cool enough. I think the ideal temperature is around 64, 65 degrees. Get out in nature. Take a walk. Unplug from emails. Get sunlight early in the morning. Set your circadian clock. So important. Even if you, even if the sun is not out, if it's cloudy, it's still coming through. You know how they always say you can get a sunburn when it's cloudy? It's true. And don't reach for your phone right, right when you wake up. Do something for you first. I've got my pulsetto to stimulate my vagus nerve. I sit and I meditate for 10 to 15 minutes, depending on how I'm feeling. I stretch. I grab Remy. We take a walk outside. Okay. I usually feed my sourdough because I'm obsessed with that right now. And you don't have to become an early riser. You don't have to. But if you can wake, if you can wake up feeling wide-eyed and alert and excited for the day, it will change your life. And maybe you need to think about why you're waking up. What, what are you doing for others? How are you in service of others? What is your why? What is your purpose? And in finding that out, give yourself patience and compassion and grace because it doesn't just fall out of the sky. Meditation is hard, but we can do hard things. It's hard to sit with your thoughts. Did you know using the app of Headspace or Calm or anything like that for 10 days reported an 11% decrease in stress? And after 30 days, a 32% decrease. I've been meditating for a couple years. I have to tell you guys, I am a different human. I have patience for things I would have never had patience for. There's power in the pause. I can take a deep breath before I respond instead of react. And I want that for you too. For you with your relationships, your friends, your coworkers, your kids. And in starting your day with, no, not now. I'm not ready to wake up. I don't know why I'm waking up. You're telling your body, your mind, your heart that they don't really need to be their best self today because you don't care, so why should they? So so think about that. Maybe incorporate one of these things we talked about today. Your life will be easy if you choose to do hard things. And you know what's beautiful about this? When you choose to do hard things, the hard things eventually become easier. So you have five seconds to decide. Five, four, three, two. Get your ass out of bed. Love you so much. Have a beautiful day. Drink your water. Eat your veggies. Smile.